is your daily episode-by-episode podcast where we discuss the show Supernatural. I am one of your hosts, Dan, and with me, as always... is his wife, Penny. Wow, I I should have taken a drink of water. I have a nice dry throat while trying to creak out that intro. Well, but I thought you did really well. You didn't miss any parts of it. Oh. So you did a good job, even though you had a dry throat. Yeah, but wow, I was all ready to gag up there halfway <laughs> through, and I'm like, keep going. <laughs> Don't abort. <laughs> all right, so how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you? Good. Uh, actually, I'm tired. I had dog issues last night, but. Now, you've been taking some CBD oil lately. Has that been, uh, you've been feeling it? No, have you been taking it twice a day, though? No, I've, and I haven't taken it yet today. I See, forgot, well, so. it's never going to help you if you don't take it. Because I'm feeling really good on that stuff. I will. So. Yeah, but it's not going to prevent the douchebag dog from <laughs> keeping me awake because he doesn't think he can jump on the bed because the two other dogs are up there. But when it's during the day and we're all awake, he jumps up there just fine all by himself. Yes, yeah, buddy, I'm talking out, to you. Yeah, he came out last night, wanted to go outside to the bathroom, so I let him out. He comes back in, and then he was immediately just barking and yipping and running around. And I was like, okay, dude. He sat up with me on the couch for a bit, and then he just wanted to go back in the bedroom and give you a hassle. Yeah, I finally yelled, swore at him, and shut the door. I had enough of his shenanigans. Hellhounds. <laughs> the three hellhounds of this house. Mm-hmm. So yesterday I was afraid that an episode titled Family Remains was going to be disgusting, and it ended up to be even more disgusting than what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Um, and just from the, let me hit the recap first and I got something to say. So the recap that they show us has Lilith, Dean and Hell, Alistair, and then basically a complete rerun of, are you waving your hand or just? No, I was just, no, I'm good. Uh, and then basically a complete recap of Dean's, uh, last couple of minutes in the last episode where he tells his story about being in hell. Anything else there? No, I put recap, Dean Hell Heavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think you pretty much got it there. All right. So now what you can do with your brain is turn off everything about Supernatural and just think, I'm watching an episode of X-Files. There you go. <laughs> this was such an X-Files episode. I mean, it just felt like X-Files episode. I, do you know if there's... You, you mentioned to me one of the crossovers already. Let's just get that out of the way. It's not really a spoiler for anyone listening. No. Um, the house, which is located in Surrey, British Columbia, was also the set of the infamous X-Files titled Home, in which an inbreeding and feral humans are also a major plot point. Karen Conovell, who appeared as the housekeeper in this episode, played the mother in that episode. Oh. So there are two crossovers from X-Files. Well, she's like a popular character actor. I mean, she seems like she's been in everything. She has. She's she was won. a traveler. She was a, played a nurse in The Good Doctor. Um, yeah. So she's, like she's in a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, it, it, was, it was funny because the first thing I wanted to mention when we started recording was like, wow, this was X-Files, the next generation. <laughs> it, it, it had... It felt very little of just the supernatural kind of touch points even. It just, the music cues, like all of it just felt very X-Files to me. Well, the touch point, no, I thought the touch points were very supernatural on point. And when you get into the episode, I'll, I'll explain all why. Right. 
so we start out, uh, we're in an old grubby house. <laughs> this is a scene we've seen before, too. Old grubby house, someone eating on a TV tray. Uh, it, it seems to be like the TV tray is used as the symbol that they're the downtrodden. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Anytime Lonely. you see someone eating with a TV tray that's been, you can, uh, also the sadder part is when you know, when you notice that the TV tray has been up for more than one day because <laughs> there's an ashtray that's fairly full. There's a couple of empty beer bottles. Mm-hmm. So, uh, sets the scene. There's someone eating dinner, drinking a beer. The power goes out. The TV goes out, guy gets up, looks around. Of course, with the power, we're thinking demons. Or ghost. Uh, a door then uh, pulls shut and is locked, and another door opens up all on its own, and a spooky girl comes out of it. This guy's like, uh, you? That's impossible. He tries to get away, but then we hear a scream and see a splash of blood against the wall. That's the beginning of the episode. Yes. We know that... Like I said, it had all the touchstones of supernatural. With oh yeah, yeah, that with the lights, is supernatural. You yes, totally. With the lights flashing, then going out, the TV going out, the doors locking by themselves or slamming shut and locking by themselves. Classic right. symptom of a ghost infestation. Uh, then, as the stinger graphic happens, come back from that. Uh, the boys, we see them in baby uh, at night. They roll up on a gate in the woods. Sam wakes up, he was sleeping, and he's like, hey, what are you doing now? Looking for a job? And Dean's like, bingo. And Sam's like, oh, can we just take a rest? We've been working nonstop. I guess it was like they just finished a job two hours before that, and I guess they were just driving away from the scene. So he wanted to grab, see what else was spooky that they could go hunt right away. Uh, Dean's been working nonstop jobs for a month, in fact, Sam mentions here. So from the last episode till now, a month has passed by of nonstop work. Yeah, Sam mentioned that Dean seems to be wanting to keep himself super busy so he doesn't have to deal with what he told Sam at the end of the last episode, the fact that for ten, the ten la- last ten years he was in hell, he was actually doing the torturing of people. Yeah, he's basically working himself to death to cover up his feelings over what he did. But he knows he doesn't want to talk about it, so he's not bringing it up, <laughs> even though he just works through it in like specific detail. So the next morning, uh, we see they're driving down a country road. By the way, do these people n- ever use the interstate highway system? They're always on a two-lane unmarked highway. No, they do not. Yeah, I mean, it's not even like the 55-mile-an-hour highways. It's like the 45-mile-an-hour highways. <laughs> Well, yes, a lot of their jobs... Wisconsin, they're named by letters. (laughs) County Highway P. (laughs) Yeah, those are the kind of roads they're always on. You know how long it takes to get from one place to another driving those roads and not an interstate highway system road? Yes, I do. It takes a long time. but (laughs) We have family members that take those ways. But I am sure that... The main reason for it is because they want to stay low-key and out of the eye of... I don't know how many cameras they had along the, the interstates and freeways back then, yeah, but back now... back then I wouldn't think of it as a big deal. Maybe it was and they were just ahead of their time, but definitely now. You, when you drive down the highway, they, have, they photo your car, your plates, and then uh, photo recognize every, all the passengers. Right. As you so, drive through those cameras and it's all logged. So, yeah, it's impossible to get away from anyone now. 
And I'm thinking that's why they always took back roads, just to avoid any um, detection by the police. Because yeah. the fact is, they've got a very noticeable car. It's true that uh, ever after they did that bank robbery, Milwaukee thing with, a, with the um, changeling, that's not what they call them. Right, changeling. I know what you mean. But, you know, after that, they, you know, changed the plates and everything on the car. But still, it's a very distinct vehicle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so they pull into an overgrown farm. It looks like it's for sale. And I love this setting, though, because it looks like western Wisconsin. <laughs> and I think that that's kind of where they were, you know, they're always meant to be somewhere in the Midwest for the yes. most part. Um. Boys go uh, up the stairs. It's a big, big old farmhouse. Boys go up the stairs. Dean pops the lock. They uh, slip inside. There's no furniture. Dean has a really funny joke here, though. He's like, two beds, two baths, one homicide. I'm sure it'll sell like hotcakes. <laughs> um, you know, it's just a nice old-looking farmhouse. It, you know, looks like my folks' place. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can see uh, that, though, that someone is lurking around watching them. And uh, while walking through the kitchen, uh, they're pounding on the walls because there's like a weird covered up spot. And uh, Dean's there. I forget which. They, they both figure out, I think, together that it's an old dumb waiter. Well, Sam did. And what you forgot to mention is before they went to the kitchen, um, Sam was going around with his EMF meter that was very high. So once again, oh, high EMF ghost. But then Dean points out, oh, there's power lines right there. So you're not going to get an accurate read. But, yes, they, um, Dean found that, and that's when Sam said, well, it's probably a dumbwaiter. All these old farm, all these older houses had them. And Have you ever seen a farmhouse with a dumbwaiter in it? No. No, neither have I. But the only old farmhouses I've ever been in were my aunt's and my grandma's, and they weren't big enough to need a dumbwaiter. I mean, yeah, they were two stories, but. Yeah, I mean, my like, my parents' place has the pocket doors, and they have, like, the servants do that thing, where it goes in one room and out the other. Right. But, but yeah, they don't have a dumbwaiter. Uh, okay, so, um, they open up a, they, so they're in the basement, I think, or they're somewhere else. They detect some more EMF, open up a door, and there's a doll head sitting on the floor. Not creepy at all. <laughs> yeah, they just like, oh, that's pretty weird. <laughs> like, and what's weird, because the rest of the house is completely empty, so someone just didn't open up that door and remove it or something. If right. It moved out, or it was left there by something. <laughs> um, so while they're uh, poking around, then they hear some moving trucks coming up the drive. They poke out, and yeah, there's like a great big moving truck and a v- white van. And then the camera moves to outside, and this is when the mood, I, I think the mood and, like, the music and everything just really changes dramatically here. Because this big, happy family jumps out. It's moving in day. Uh, the husband has his brother with uh, to help them. It was the wife's brother. Oh, it was the wife's brother? Yes. All right. I just, the brother, to help them out. Um at that point, though, the boys walk out of the house and they claim that they're code enforcement agents. And they're there because they found asbestos in the walls and a gas leak as well. So they're going to need to go stay in the motel for the night until they get it all sorted out uh, by punishment of jail time, possibly. Right, a finer jail time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the family likes reluctantly seems to agree with them and 
go along with it for the moment. <laughs> um, the bo- then we see the, the boys, they're dressed up in their uh, FBI uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> their FBI suits, yeah. Yeah, their FBI suits. And they're talking to the former housekeeper of the victim that we first saw, correct? Yes, that is who she is. She really didn't know much other than that he was just all over the place when she found him. Uh, but the daughter hung herself. She doesn't know why it was before her time. And also the mother died, uh, the wife died. Yeah, so the, the man who was killed, his wife died. And then 20 years later, so the daughter hung herself. Um, so Sam and Ian, they, oh, these are our ghosts. Where can we find their bodies? And they were cremated. Yeah, uh, Dean also asked if, while working over there, did you ever notice anything else weird? And she said, well, I heard some rustling in the walls, like big rat. Dean's like, ooh, must have been some big ones out there, huh? And she's like, I don't know. I never seen any. So she heard big rats, but she never actually saw a big rat. So, you know, more weird clues for us as the viewers to follow along. Um, Dean, though, figures they need to get back out to that house and give it an, another good thorough once-over. Right. Their, their investigation at that location was not complete. So they go back out to the house. And what do you know, the brother is already there at the house. He just ends up to be a house builder. And he took a little peek through the house, and he's like, well, there's no asbestos in those walls, and there is no gas leaks happening. So those boys were lying. I don't know who they are, but they are not from the county. Busted. Cold. (laughs) Yes, well, and the entire family's there, so that's when they figure out, screw those guys, and they kind of all get out of the vehicle. Dog runs off, son runs off. Daughter gets out complaining that there's no cell service out there. Um, so it looks like they're getting ready to move all their belongings into the house. Well, the girl, though, looks up at uh, some windows kind of on the second floor, and she's startled and shocked. She thinks she saw something. Right. Uh, she makes a co- snide comment about, yeah, I'm sure everything will change now. You know, it's <laughs> like, ooh, this <laughs> it sounds like a little bit of an unhappy home life that's been going on. Uh then we see at night, just the boy is in his room playing with a Game Boy, and a ball rolls out of the closet towards him. Yeah, so the force of the door kind of creaks open slowly, then a baseball just comes out. Yeah, he's not creeped out at all, though, by it. He just gets up. He says, oh, hi, it's okay. And like, I'm Danny. And I think he rolled the ball back at mm-hmm. that point, and then all of a sudden the ball gets tossed back to him. Right. I'm just like, wow, brave kid. I'd have been freaking out all of a sudden. Someone comes crawling out of my closet wanting to play catch. Me too. Always, always be afraid of closet man. And or this case, girl. (laughs) Nothing good can come out of the closet that, you know, except for clothing. Next morning, uh, the husband and the wife, they're in the kitchen uh, having a bit of a chat. The wife is going on about what kind of garden she wants. The husband detects a bad foul odor up in the uh, garden. a cupboard that didn't have anything in it. The wife stops, though, this conversation. is like, what are we doing here? And then the husband's like, it's going to be different, and blah, blah, blah. It sounds like they'd been fighting or on the verge of divorce or something. They moved to the country to change their lives from something bad that's been going on. Yes, I put they had a sketchy conversation because they don't specifically say what it sounds like. Because she mentioned something about the past year, so it sounds like they had a crappy year or... I assumed that the husband 
had a high-paying job in the city and was screwing around with the secretary, and that's why moving his family to the country and reconnecting with them. That's what I thought the family was doing. And that's possible because they don't really specify exactly, but it does sound like they did move out there for a, a fresh start and hopefully things will be better. Yeah. So the boys pull up at night uh, to go and do their investigation, but they see, though, that the family has moved in. And Sam's like, well, maybe we could just tell him the truth. And Dean's like, really? He gets all excited. And then Sam's like, no, you dumb dumb. And, <laughs> and Dean's like, oh, yeah, I guess not. He's such a clod sometimes. He really is. I mean, that's why you love Dean. <laughs> uh, so the husband and wife, I think they're walking up to bed or something like that. And they just find the words go in an exclamation point huge letters written in crayon on a wall they instantly think that it's danny doing something so yells for him to come down little little redhead danny comes on down <laughs> why does every danny have to be a redhead this kid was not a redhead he was a brunette he had brown hair he was red-haired maybe from the angle maybe that you're sitting at with the nicely toasted tv uh he, he denies it though um he does have a story, though. He's got an explanation. He's like, the girl in the walls did it. She wants you folks to go, but I get to stay. And he just, like, rolls that out there. Like, they're going <laughs> to believe him, too. <laughs> yes, he said, she doesn't like adults, so they have to leave before something bad happens. Yeah, but split daddy oh, but I'm staying. He, but, but he was like, ah, oh, it's my house now, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> he was really cavalier about it. Yes, he was. And of course, they don't believe him. They're like, yeah, right, yeah nobody believes him. They're going to ground his dumb ass. <laughs> um, then we, uh, he gets uh, grounded and sent up to bed or something like that, crying all the way. <laughs> <laughs> the daughter then, this is a weird scene. I didn't quite catch what happened here, but I, it looks like the daughter is talking to her dog. Well, yeah, she she's, looks like she's trying to sleep, talking to her dog, because it's licking her hand. So yeah, like, we some hand licking, and yes. then uh, she hears some creaking and a door close. No, yes. Well, then the next thing is the girl is surrounded by her family, and she claims that Casper the pervy ghost diddled her. Well, because what you didn't see, or what you must have been typing and didn't see, is as she's like, oh, Buster, knock it off, the door creeps open, and in walks Buster. So she knows it wasn't the dog licking her hand. It was something else. So that's why she said, oh, okay. yeah, I just, you know, I guess just got touched by Casper, the pervy ghost. Yeah, just licked your fingers. But still, know. if you're thinking, you know, yeah, if I wake up in the middle of the night and the dog's licking my hand, I don't think anything of it. <laughs> but if you but woke if, up and I was licking your hand. But yes, if you, if I woke up and <laughs> something so. was licking my hand, th I'm thinking it's a dog. And then the dog walks in. I'm thinking like, holy <laughs> F Batman, what the heck was that? So yeah, that would creep me out. Yeah. Because who does that? No, no, I get it. Now that I know that the dog then walked in, I miss that detail. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, during all this commotion, though, of this girl screaming about, you know, being molested by the pervy ghost, uh, Danny wakes up, comes on downstairs, and like, ah, the girl in the walls did it. <laughs> Nobody is amused by this conversation. Uh Right then, though, the boys, uh, Sam and Dean, they bust in, and everyone is confused. By <laughs> This is a lot of commotion all at once in the middle of their kitchen or dining room. 
And uh, but the boys tell them that hey, you guys got a ghost problem and you need to leave. Yeah, and the reason they busted in because they heard the screaming and they wanted to make sure um, everything was all right. Yep. The lights go out and we hear the dog outside crying. They uh, run outside and they find the words too late written on blood on the side of the moving van, I think, or the van, I don't know, some vehicle. Yeah, it looked like the moving van or something. And the boys once again are like, your family needs to leave. We are being hunted by a ghost because they find baby has flat tires. They go to the trunk to get their uh, supernatural weapons and it's emptied out. There's nothing left. Uh, the brother, Ted, comes running back and reports that the other vehicle is also wrecked, so there's no vehicles to get away in. Yes, they uh, all have slash tires on them. So they figure the next best defense is to get everyone inside and uh, into the living room. They pour a salt circle so that they're all protected from the ghost, because by, by now I think people are starting to believe this ghost story. Well, while they were outside... The father doesn't believe them. No. While they were outside, the daughter saw the girl. So, and she screams again. It says, daughter sees a ghost outside. But yeah, send Sam and Dean, get him in, in the house. Get him in the salt circle. And the reason that they think that this is the daughter, the girl that killed herself, is because of the fact that even though she was cremated, they think, well, maybe there's something in the house that she's connected to. Kind of like, I mean, that's... The that's doll head up in the attic. Possibly, that's exactly. That's what I was thinking. Exactly. All right, so they get everyone in the salt circle, uh, but my father still doesn't really believe them. And here's what I was like, hey, Dad, can you start believing people now? Because Sam shows a picture of that dead daughter to the kids, and they both recognize her as the girl in the walls. Yes, they said she was paler and dirtier, but that was definitely her. Yeah. Uh, the brother then goes to and tries to leave, but Dean stops him. And then uh, I think he asks, it goes to commercial or something, there's a weird cut there. Because then uh, the brother asks, he goes, hey Fonzie, does the salt have to be kosher? Yeah. Oh, which is a fine question, I thought. He, he didn't need to be sarcastic about it. I'm right. like, yeah, that's a valid question. Does, right. like, just sea salt work? <laughs> well, while all this is happening, Sam was going to go up to the attic because that is where this girl uh, kill, hung herself was in the attic. So he was going to check out, see what was happening, up, if there was anything he could find up there while Dean stayed down, kind of kept an eye on the family, made sure they stayed in that salt circle. All right, so it, Dean and the family are in the salt circle, and then we see the girl come out of the walls, like a piece of the wall slides open. Or Was it a closet door? Or it it looks like she came out of a closet, yes. All right, and starts walking towards them, and Dean's like, hey, stay calm. She can't come over the salt. Well, she walks right up to the salt and puts her foot right over it, and this time a huge knife appears in her hand. She had to, like, up her sleeve or something, and a big knife drops down. She starts screaming and attacking Dean, uh, just swinging the knife wildly at his face. And then I was like, with all this screaming, is this a banshee? But I thought, like, <laughs> man, the screaming would be worse then. So I was really confused. Yes. I'm like, what is this thing? How did it get through salt? Sam uh, comes in, puts a flashlight on, in their face. Well, that uh, she screams and is scared and runs off. And then we see everyone basically runs outside. 
the boys figure, hey, this is actually a real person. It's just, just some nut. <laughs> yes, this is not a ghost at all. And at this point, Dean starts like one of a series of oh, humans, <laughs> like just <laughs> dumbfounded by how evil humans can be. Uh, the family goes to leave. Now they're like, okay, yeah, we're, we're getting the hell out of here. I don't know if they were going to walk or what. They would have had to because they, there was no time to fix any tires or anything. <laughs> problem is, though, <coughs> I've got a cough. <laughs> the problem is, though, Danny is missing. So they kind of start calling for him. And it goes to commercial there. Yes. So uh, Dean wants uh, the girls to take cover in the shed. And uh, Sam and uh, Ted, and they'll go look for Danny? Was that the plan? Or was Sam and the father? Sam and the father, Brian. Right. They were going to hunt, look outside for Danny. And then Dean and Ted were going to go in the house and look for him. Well, yes, they had... Uh, okay, the yeah, I thought that they were, the girls were in the shed and there was an inside-outside thing. But okay, right. there's and a bit of confusion coming up here. Yes, though. well, Dean had them hide in the shed because he says, you know, the windows are boarded up. There's only one entrance. That's probably the best safest place for you women folk <laughs> although he didn't say that for you guys to you know be safe because that way you're not going to have to worry about multiple entrances to be attacked from so dean and ted are uh, looking around inside and dean finds a gap in the wall like a false flap or something like that uh that she lives in and once again, uh, what is this, the second or third time in Supernatural that we have spaces large enough between walls to walk through? This yes. one's narrower than the other ones that we've seen. Yes. They actually had to, like, slide shimmy sideways through this one, but... Yeah, so that one we saw was an apartment building, so that's why I'm assuming they were a little bit bigger, where this is just a house. Yeah, and I'm like, nah, in this sort of construction, they would have not wasted wood building two separate walls with a gap in between, unless... You're setting up the Clue Murder House. <laughs> you need a passageway from the library to the kitchen or something. It, it was, it's really weird, the, the thinking that there's these massive gaps in people's walls. Whereas like an apartment building or even in the city where you have all the buildings just side by side by side, I totally think that there could be a gap in between there. But, you know, you got the fascia on the front that makes it look like it's solid all the way across. Right. Well, that makes sense, but in here, it just doesn't, but whatever, <laughs> we'll just go with it. Go with the flow, man. There's gaps in walls that people can walk in. <laughs> go find them in your house today. Um, they wander around. It looks like they kind of walk around the entire outside of the house. They keep making right-hand turns, and then there's a hole down in the ground. And so Dean climbs down in the hole, looks around, and there's a bunch of dead animals laying around. Yes. Carcasses. It's gross. It was really gross. And one of them, unfortunately, was Buster the dog. Uh, Dean does some more crawling around. He finds some drawings of blood on the wall. And it's just like two stick figures. I don't know if it means anything, but they showed it. Uh, Dean, uh, or Ted then, upstairs, uh, hears something rustling around in the wall. So he goes to investigate. And then we see that fateful sign of just Ted sitting there still. And then we know the girl's right behind him. Sure enough, Ted turns around. The girl's there. Jump scared. Knife out and knife through Ted's head. Ted's dead. Ted is dead. 
And then, so here's the part that then confused me about who is quite where. Because we hear a bunch of pounding on the shed door, and then everyone's inside except for Dean and Ted. And uh, it, Dean's back at the shed, gets inside. Uh, the wife asks where Ted is, and he tells him, hey, Ted's dead. Dean's really bummed out that he couldn't help him in time. The wife starts crying. The kids are sad. You know, their uncle died. Right. But what you, uh, before Dean came to the shed, they did show Sam and Brian outside the house because they obviously must have looked outside, couldn't find Danny. So the father wanted to go in the house, and that's when Sam says, no, we'll just wait for them to come out. So, yes, yeah, so the next scene is you hear knocking in the shed. The mom, the dad, the two kids, and Sam are well, not the two yeah, kids, the daughter and Sam, Sam are in there. Yeah, they called the search outside. Right. No, not out here. Let's. All right. Yeah, that makes sense then. Um, where am I in my notes? How can I always lose a spot? Okay. So the wife now at this point is freaking out that Danny's probably dead too. Uh, but the father is reminding her about what he said before about how he could stay and they were the only ones that could go. So there was some hope, you know, like, you know, hey, remember what Danny said? He was uh, he was cool. It was just <laughs> us that this thing hated. Yes, he did try and make her feel better because of the fact that, yeah, the, the adults were the threat to this girl, not not the kids. So Yeah, but the husband then goes on and keeps trying to reassure her that everything's going to be fine, although... I don't know, dude. You've been you've been a couple of steps behind this whole time. <laughs> I wouldn't be listening to you either if I was the wife. Dean is standing outside of the house. Uh, the husband then comes up to him and talks about their son being killed and the problems, and that's why they moved. I guess they had an older son that was killed in a car crash, and then that's what all this personal strife was and why they had to make a change that was discussed earlier. Right. His name was Andy. He was killed in a car crash. So, yes, that was the, the thing that they were getting away from. He said it put a strain on their marriage. They went to, it sounds like they went to couples counseling, and the couples counselor said, hey, you guys need a fresh start, which is why they decided then to move out to the country. Because <laughs> what could possibly go wrong in the country? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nothing ever ba bad ever happens in the country. <laughs> well, Dean promises that he's going to get his son back. Uh Sam, uh, magically again, he just pops up behind after he gets done reading a magic book, you know, the right book, pops up behind and he just got done reading Rebecca's diary. Where he found Rebecca's diary, I don't know. But he, he mentioned the diary. He found it when he was originally upstairs in the attic. Okay. Because he did mention that's where he found it. All right. So, yeah, he read through it. So, the girl that hung herself... So the girl in the wall is not the girl that hung herself. Right. Obviously. The girl that hung herself was pregnant with her father's baby. And the father was so disgusted by this whole thing that he impregnated his own daughter that he promised to lock the baby up where no one would ever find it. So the girl in the walls is a crazy stabby girl. And she broke out of the basement cell and killed dad. Yes. That's what they all figured out here. Yes, that was victim number one. Dean figured, uh, though, that hey, he knows where to find her since she needs to eat something. I I didn't quite catch it, but Dean, because she had to eat, Dean knew where they were going to find her. 
Right. The dumb waiter, that makes sense. If he had her trapped down in the basement somewhere, that would be the best way to get food down to her. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the dumb waiter. And that's okay. Thanks for putting it all together for me. No problem, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm thinking of in current times now when she was like alive and dad was taking care of her wheeling food down to her. But yeah, you're right. Okay, so we see Danny's tied up in the basement uh, around where all the other dead animals were. Gross. And uh, the girl in the walls crawls up t- to him with a rat and like offers it to him to eat, it kind of looks like. But then she just breaks it in half and starts eating it herself. And Danny, is, Danny is then starts screaming like a nut. <laughs> Next we see Sam busting open the dumbwaiter. Dean. Dean. Dean Burst? Okay, well, one of whoever, they open up the old dumbwaiter uh, because that's how she got fed for all those years. And Dean crawls down the dumbwaiter shaft into the basement again. I mean, they already knew a way into the basement. Right, but I think this had a, was a little roomier. Okay. Uh, and back at the shed, though, someone uh, breaks a window and scares the girls. So someone's outside trying to get them. Back inside, uh, Dean's walking around the basement, finds his gun, but the shells are missing. Uh, Dean is creeping around, looking for Danny. Eventually, he finds Danny, cuts Danny loose. Danny says, hurry, he's coming back. Dean's confused. He's like, he? Danny's like, the brother! Uh. This was a great twist. And then right then, he gets jumped. I was like, ah, they got us! (laughs) Because now this explains how she... How one door closed to lock, and then she came out from another way. It explains all the ghosty stuff. Like, oh, there was two of them the whole time. Right, and it also explains that stick figures, because there was a boy and a girl stick figure. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a really cool, like, M. Night Shyamalan-esque <laughs> twist there. Like, oh, it wasn't just this one chick. There's a brother. Dun-dun-dun. Uh, back in the shed, the girls are still under attack. So now it's like, yeah, the, the g- girl's outside fighting the girls while the brother's inside fighting the boys. Doi. <laughs> uh, Danny uh, makes his way and crawls out of the dumbwaiter shaft. Well, he- no, Sam had his dad tie curtains together so they could make a rope. And so Sam hauled him up with that. Yeah, okay. Fine. Sam and the others helped him out with a rope. Yes. <laughs> prison, prison rope style. Uh, we can still hear Dean in the basement fighting, uh, the brother, but Dean's able to grab a flashlight, hits him in the eyes with it, blinds him, and then he's got his gun and he must have found some shells in, in the meantime, because then he shot him through the back and he's dead. Right then, Sam shows up. Outside, the girls are still fighting, uh, the other whatever's outside. And right is, uh, so the girl in the walls inside grabs onto the mom. And then right then, like, the girl in the wall gets grabbed by the ankles and pulled through the wall of the shed. It was the most bizarre fight scene ever. Like, how did someone know where your legs were inside the wall to reach through and grab you? Well, because of the fact that it was the shed. She was obviously part of her body was still outside the shed. Because she just busted through the wall. Yes, was going to grab the mom. Someone okay. saw her. So dad saw her, saw the activity, ran over, grabbed her by the ankles, yanked her outside, and then we hear like stabby, stabby noises. Yes. 
some squishing sounds. <laughs> uh, then there's someone pounding at the door of the shed. Because right, we don't know what happened at this point. We just saw the girl in the wall just like get pulled, yanked back through a wall. Right. And we heard uh, scream, screaming and yeah, stabby sounds. So we don't know who got stabbed by whom. There's pounding though. It's dad. They open up the door and they find him just holding a knife. Not going to lie, if I was dad, I might have thrown that knife aside real quick. <laughs> and not just showed up looking like a psycho to your family that's scared <laughs> out of their wits. <laughs> Everyone then is outside and we look around and see that all the bad people are dead. Next day, the final commercial break there then. Next day, the uh, boys are packing up and they thank the family for giving them a head start on the police. Dean asks the couple if they're okay, and the wife's like, no, we're not, but hey, we're together. So, mm -hmm. well, that's nice. Uh, the boys then, we see them park under a bridge to eat lunch. Is there a no, ba no eating in baby rule? I feel like I've seen them eat fast food before while driving down the road. But no, then the they pull over in this scene, park under a bridge to eat. No, I don't think there's a no eating in baby rule. There's a no dogs in baby rule, but not no eating. Huh. Well, they pull over to have a sandwich, and then Dean opens up his sandwich, looks at it, and then wraps it back up like he's not hungry. So I was like, why did you pull over in the first place? Um, then Dean says, I, I feel for the folks back there. I couldn't tell if he meant feel or fell or... He felt for the, the felt. girl on the wall. Yeah, he felt for the girl in the wall. And Sam's like, nah, you were nothing like them. And then Dean goes on and for a couple of moments here telling telling us how much he enjoyed torturing people <laughs> and that no matter how many people up top he saves, he can't change it. And I just wrote in my notes on, oh, get over it, dude. <laughs> yes, I have uh, Dean tortured for the sheer pleasure of it because after, you know, 30 hell years, he's like, oh, finally I'm down off this thing. Now I can inflict some pain. He said the more he did it, the more he enjoyed it because the less pain he felt. But yes, now that he's topside, it seems like no matter how many people they save, he just cannot fill the hole. So that's why Dean has been on his job frenzy saving people thingy. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Maybe he should just go to counseling or yeah. how about go get some of that hypnosis from your buddy Pam? That'd that, probably help. That might work. That just might work, yes. You know, bury that. Take that hurt. Just just push it into a tiny little nugget and tuck it away in your heart, never to be looked at again. That's pretty much what Dean does all by himself. That's the healthy thing to do. <laughs> so good episode. This felt very X-Files-esque. I think the house, the crawling around, the plot twist at the end with actually being a brother and sister and none of it being supernatural whatsoever. Right. Um, it was good. I liked it. It, it had that annoying, uh, it has that annoying taint of the supernatural episode where it's just a little taste of the overarching story at the beginning and a little taste at the end and that's it. None of it has to do with any of it. Right. Not going to lie. I like the big overarching story <laughs> episodes better. And this is the second episode where they fought something that wasn't supernatural. Like season one, episode 15, we had the Benders, which was that crazy family that liked hunting humans. This is the second episode where they were dealing with oh, humans. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so casualty count? Three? Four. four. Oh, four, yeah, the father at the very beginning. Five if you count the dog. Okay. 
So yes, you had the dude at the beginning, Ted, then the boy and the girl that were stuck in the walls. The yeah. day night count, probably what? three or four. Yeah, it seemed like it. Well, because we first see him at night rolling up to a job, and then the next morning they're going, they find that house, and then later at night is when they get busted. And the whole thing couldn't have happened in that one night then, could it have? Yes, from the time they heard the daughter scream till it ended the next morning where they were fixing baby. Wow, that that's was just only one two night. nights, son. Yeah, that's 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Interesting. That's always a fun and totally pointless practice, but just so much of stuff is at night, and then they'll shoot a scene in the day. Then they'll happen to have you know the actions at night because you can't fight a ghost during the day. How that wouldn't be scary? No, of course not. <laughs> that would not be scary one bit. Yeah, do they? It's <laughs> another thing. To pay attention to is how many of these spooky things ever happen during the day. That's when they go do the investigations. That's when they're at the morgue. That's what, yes, that's when they're at the morgue. Or that's when they're talking to ex-housekeepers, Cops. police, victims, families, yeah, survivors. Yeah, research process. Exactly. <laughs> Night process is time for getting down <laughs> yeah, to business and hunting them ghosts and or demons. All right, cool. Anything else for this then? No, that's about it. What's our next episode? Chris Angel is a douchebag. Uh, which is sad. You told me Chris Angel's not even in this. Well, you asked. Yeah, that's a bummer. Mind freak, mind freak. <laughs> I don't know. That guy's a nut. All right, just a reminder, we have a Facebook group called Armchair Hunters. Come on over and talk with us. And we post the episode there every day, a little early if we uh, if we have it ready. And then our website is coupleofidgets.com. You can link to every episode, comment on it. And more of our contact information is there, along with information on how to get our web or podcast. It's going to say webcast. <laughs> it's a Phil Hendry thing. Our 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 netcast uh, on all the major streaming platforms: iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, etc. So that's it from us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll find out why Chris Angel's a douchebag. All right, everyone, have a great night. Bye. Bye.